So Revelation chapter 22, I'm going to read verse 18 in your hearing. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Got to thinking on this earlier this week. We certainly need your prayers. I want to stay right in the center of God's will and not say one single word that He wouldn't want me to say. But we got to thinking earlier this week, and Faye mentioned about this virus that's going around. I got to thinking about the plagues. And uh, I know people has different opinions and things like that. And, uh, I know God that's in control. And uh, I'd like to preach to you about a plague. If the Lord will come by and help me for just a minute. Uh, we've all been told to take precautions and and I believe we need to try to do that as best as we can and I read one time where the Lord said two new commandments I give you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and the other is namely this love thy neighbor as I say if I love you I'm certainly going to try my best not to do anything that would hurt you in any way. But the plague, and you know, it bothers us. Every time we get around somebody that sneezes or, or coughs or has a little bug of some kind, we worry we're going to catch it. Then what will happen to us when we catch it? I read a verse over in Psalms one time that said this, and I'm going to get to the plague. And I'm not going to preach to you about coronavirus. Don't misunderstand me. I'm going to preach to you about the real plague. But we worry what might happen if we catch this stuff. This is what Psalmist David said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. There's some things that are out of our hands. Things that I can't control and you can't control. But they're not out of God's hands. He can take care of me and you. And what things we don't understand, He's left us this. He said, Lo, I come in the volume of a book, thus it is written of me. If I don't understand it, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So this says, if a man knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Folks, we're living in a day where men know better. Amen. And yet they still do the things they know that are not good. All right. The plague. So we read and 
first thought that comes to our mind whenever we read about the plagues, we read about the ten plagues that God sent over to Egypt. And you would look at that and, and think that surely those people would have learned. Well, let me let you in on a little something. It's not the first time that, that Egypt faced the great plagues. Did you know that? Whenever Abraham and Sarah went down into Egypt, Abraham told Sarah to tell the princes of Egypt that she was his sister rather than his wife because she was fired to look at them. And so she told the princes of Egypt that she was his sister. And I guess you'd say that the princes of Egypt paid a great dowry. Just in my eyes, they gave him, they gave him donkeys, they gave him sheep, they gave him manservants and maidservants and took her into their palace. And when they did, unknowingly, they took her in and, he, and she was Abraham's wife. And the plagues hit Egypt to the point to where they got down and figured out what was going on and went back to Abraham and said, why did you suffer us to go through this? Why didn't you just tell us that she was your wife? And they gave her back to him and they sent him on his way with her. So they had been through the plagues before. You would think they would have learned. This was in Genesis and then in Exodus we read where Pharaoh's heart was hardened and the plagues hit Egypt. We read about the plague of the blood where the water turned to blood and it was unfit to drink. We read about the lice. We read about the, the, about the animals and the flies. We read about the frogs. We read about how hell fell and destroyed all the crops in Egypt. Egypt was a prosperous nation before this. As a matter of fact, Israel had gone to Egypt because they were so prosperous. In a time of famine, we read about Joseph where, where he went down there and the Lord led him to that place. And when he led him down there, the Lord blessed him. And he brought his father and all his brethren and they settled in the land of Goshen. But another Pharaoh came up that did not know Joseph. And you know this story, I'll not go all through it. He made life hard for the children of Israel and they began to cry and God sent deliverance through a man named Moses. And so the, the, the plagues hit even right down to the last plague for the firstborn of every man, woman, and beast was, was, was carried out at the midnight hour. Their life was extinguished, snuffed out and gone. And we hear Pharaoh's cry. I'm here to tell you, there is not a heart that's too hard that God can't reach it. There is not a sinner that's too cold that God can't get their attention. There is not a man, woman, boy, or girl that's too far gone, too deep in drugs, too far gone in the bottle and alcohol that God can't get a hold of. And He'll do what it takes to see that they know there's joy and peace in serving the Lord. All right. We've read about those plagues. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And even he, 
in a moment of weakness, relented and let God's people go, didn't he? Well, that's the world, preacher. That's Egypt. That's not us. We're God's people. God's going to bless his people, is he? Is he? Now let's take a look. Do you remember when Israel was down there and they began to murmur? They began to gripe. They began to fuss. God had fed them with bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. He, he had manna come down, provided everything they ever needed. Has he not done that for me and you? <laughs> oh, well, preacher, Oh, we read where they went 40 years in the wilderness and God provided everything that they needed. He provided their food. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. How on earth could that happen? He's done the same thing for me and you. Let me tell you something. He's provided us with the bread of life. He's provided us with a garment of white. He's had our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've got! <laughs> We've got! All we need to make it through the wilderness. God's not left us barren. He's not left us to fend for ourselves. He's a great God. He said he'd supply our every need. And he'll see us through this plague. Now, I've told you about the plagues that hit Egypt. Israel murmured and Israel complained. Listen, folks, we're not always right. I get wrong, you get wrong. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? So let's go on. Israel murmured and complained and God heard them. And so he sent fiery serpents down upon Israel. And the fiery serpents bit some of the children of Israel and they died. Several of them. Why? Because they were disobedient. You here to tell me today that America is, is, a, is a blessed nation and we surely are. But I'm here to tell you today we're not in the center of God's will. If we were in the center of God's will, we wouldn't be fussing and fighting and arguing and screaming and yelling all the time. God is not in that. The Bible tells me God is love. We, we've got to the point we just don't love each other anymore. There used to be a day where we could disagree and still love each other. That day's about gone. We can't. We can't. If somebody's opinion is different from, from mine, shame on me. Uh-uh, honey, that's not God. God is love. We're supposed to be Christ-like. If we're supposed to be like Christ, we're supposed to love everybody. Now listen. God got angry at his people. And he sent the fiery serpents. And you know what Israel did when several of the men of Israel died because the serpents had bitten them? They sent to Moses and asked him to pray that God would do something about the serpents. And when Moses prayed, God sent. God told Moses to make him a golden serpent and put it up where all Israel could see it. And when they saw that and they looked to that, that they could be healed, that the serpents 
back, wouldn't bother them anymore. And so when men got bit, they looked to that golden serpent and they were healed. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man also be lifted up. This Now let me preach to you about the real plague. And, and so I preached to you about the plagues that fell on Egypt. I preached to you about the plagues that, that hit Israel. And let me preach to you about the real plague. And so let's go one more, will you? Let's take a look at this, this plague called leprosy. Have you read about it in the Bible? It's a, it's a disease that man, as far as today is concerned, has pretty much eradicated. But in the Bible, when a man got leprosy, things happened to him. Everybody knew it. In the Bible, when a man got leprosy, it was very, very contagious. And the first thing that the people that he lived near and lived around did was they cast him out. They cast him away and he wasn't allowed to be in the congregation of Israel if he had leprosy. And he was to remain that way. And the only way that he could be reconciled back to Israel again was if he went before the priest and the priest examined him and declared him clean. Now, let me tell you about another plague. Another one that has eaten our country alive. Let me tell you about one that's very similar to this one that I named just a second ago called leprosy. This plague I want to tell you about is the plague of sin. It has eaten us up. It's the one that it caused separation as well. Did you know that? Go back to Genesis and read about where the woman Eve took of the forbidden fruit and did eat and gave to Adam and he did eat as well and they knew immediately that they were naked and went and took leaves and hid themselves and the Lord came down through the garden in the midst of the day and said, Adam, Adam, wherefore art thou? And he said, I, I was naked, so I went and hid myself. I'm here to tell you that you know what happened because of that sin, that plague called sin, it was God, God sent out Adam and he sent Eve away from the garden. They were separated from the perfect place they were placed in. Here we are today. And I'm going to say the church of the living God is as close to perfect as you'll ever find on the face of this earth. Well, I'm going to go a little farther. The Bible says it is perfect. Did you know that? It talks about that He presented to Himself by the washing of the water of the Word without spot or without blemish. Well, preacher, I know church members that cuss and drink and carry out spots and wrinkles, are they? Feasting on your charity, they'll not be a part of her when she goes that way. need to quit worrying about everybody else and just clean this fella right here. It's a full-time job just keeping this man clean. This plague called sin caused good man to fall. Did you know that? David was a man after God's own heart. God chose him specifically to be the king of Israel. There were other men that looked way more qualified. He had brothers that were hulking towers. When Samuel saw David's eldest brother, he said, surely, that's the man. And the Lord chided him, didn't he? He said, for the Lord looked 
For God looketh not on the outward appearance, but he looks upon the heart. David was a man after God's own heart. I've quoted you several scriptures tonight that David wrote himself. One of the most favorite scriptures that a lot of folks quote that David is credited with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He he anointeth my head with oil. My cup is runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He must have been a very good man that he would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely he was, wasn't he? Well, let's t- read about what sin made him do. At a time when kings went forth to battle, where was David? He stayed home. Let me tell you something. One church service can affect your life. It can drastically change your life. You don't know what you're missing when you're not in the house of God. I'll tell you exactly what you've missed. You missed a blessing. At a time when kings went forth to battle, David stayed home. Well, preacher, I've read about that battle. We're in the battle now. And if we're not fighting right now, if we're not fighting to keep the church doors open, I don't know when we're ever going to. We're in a battle right now. Have you ever seen a day where there's more trinkets and gadgets and more things to distract sinners from the Word of God? We're in a battle right now. They need to fall under conviction. They need to hear the word of the Lord. They need to know that heaven and hell, amen, is real. And that real men and women, boys and girls go there and all can go to heaven if they ask Jesus to save them. But if they sit still and they reject his call in hell, they'll lift up their eyes, beat and torment. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. You see our experts on TV telling us we need to do this, we need to do that. We're trying our best to find a cure. I'm preaching to you about a plague tonight that it took 2,000 years to get a cure for. I'm talking to you about a plague tonight that it took 2,000. We think, oh, if we don't get a, a vaccine, if we don't get something... For COVID by next July, what are we going to do? What do you think them men in the Old Testament felt like when they had to live with our sin? Let me tell you something. Did you know in the Old Testament we'd have never got forgiveness? Did you know in the Old Testament you just had to remain with your sin? Because you could not have gotten to the priest. It was reserved for the children of Israel. None of us that I know of have Israel heritage in us, Israel blood in our, in our natural veins. None of us I know of could even have, even have gotten forgiveness during that time. Oh, and there was no redemption for anyone other than the children of Israel during that time. And if there's a lot of scenarios here, there's a lot of conditions here, even for forgiveness for the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Did you know that? They had to give, number one, the best that they had. Have you read where Jesus took a whip and whipped people out of the temple? Do you know why he did that? And let me tell you something. They say, oh, Jesus loves me. Yes, he does. But he hates sin. 
Let me tell you why. Because that it conditions people. It gets them to accept the state that they're in. And they don't reject Satan when he comes by. Oh, he took a whip and he beat people out of the temple because that they, because that they took someone else's sacrifice and tried to use that for theirs. They took money and like Eric raised his sheep, I don't have a sheep. And so Eric might have had the sheep there at the temple and I went by and he had one that was on sale because it looked sickly, because it was spotted and because it maybe hadn't eaten well and maybe thin, it looked like it might just fall over at any minute. I said, that's my price. That's what I want. That's the one I want. And he sold that to me and then I'd take it to the priest and say, here it is. Here's the best I got. I make no effort at all. It wasn't me. Oh, we can't use somebody else's sacrifice. Somebody else is singing. Somebody else is preaching. Let me tell you something. When you come to God's house, if you want to be blessed, give your best to it. You may not like that, but if you don't give anything, don't expect much. Jesus was angry because people hadn't given their best. What have you got? I preached to you not just a service or two ago about the, about the three kings. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the very best they could come up with. What have you brought? Here we are on Wednesday night. I believe it's October the 27th, 2020. What have you brought? Have you brought anything? Have you brought any praise for him? Have you brought a song to sing to lift up his name? Have you thanked him today for his mercy? Have you thanked him for saving you one more day? One more day! To get to lift up his name. Today was not given to me to fuss and to gripe. Today was not given to me to do what Mike wants to do. Today was not given to me to please my flesh. Today was given to me to tell folks about my Savior Jesus. And to lift up his name. And to try to be a blessing and a help to my fellow man. If I do any less than that, I have failed God today. You know what causes me to do less than that? The plague called sin. I was reminded this week about a message I preached a few years ago. And you've read the scripture. A little leaven. You know the rest of that verse? A little leaven. It don't take much. A little leaven. Leaven at the whole lump. You ladies ever made bread? How does it turn out? You take a lot of flour, don't you? And I'm not an expert on recipes, so if I get the ingredients wrong, just overlook me. But I'm pretty sure about one thing. You might take a lot of flour, maybe two or three cups, I don't know. Depends on how big you want your loaf of bread to be. Some eggs, maybe. I don't know, milk, I don't know what you put in it. But I do know this. There's a little bitty packet of stuff. I think one brand is actually yellow on the packet. 
Just a little bitty packet, about as big a square as that. Two or three cups of flour, maybe two or three eggs. Out of all that big bowl of mixture, there's a little the bitty packet, a, a flat packet, might be at the most a sixteenth of an inch in width. About that big a square, and you tear that off, it's called yeast. And you put it in all that big bowl of mixing. Without that yeast, your bread don't rise. But you put it in there, and it'll rise plump out over the top of the pan. Make the prettiest loaf of bread you've ever seen. That's what leaven does. That's what this plague of sin does. You've heard the old saying, don't you? It'll cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. It'll take you farther than you ever wanted to go. You know what this plague called sin does? It leaves you regret. You know what this plague called sin does? It's the very reason. You know we live in a country today. I remember when Eric and Trish got married. We are about the same age. We got married. I believe they got married about six months or so before me and Tammy got married. 30 years. 31, close to that, I guess. Don't tell Tammy, I can't remember exactly. Ain't we blessed? You know why we're blessed? Because we live in a country, and I've talked about two couples. We live in a country where one out of every two couples gets divorced and when we first got married it would just be folks our age maybe been married three five year didn't work out here they went gone and now it's folks our parents age every age you know why that is they talked about divorce in the Bible. Did you know that to Jesus in the New Testament? He said, Moses said, with the Pharisees said, Moses said we should put them away. For I believe it was adultery. But what say you? He said it's because of the hardening of their hearts. You know what causes a heart to harden? A plague called sin. You know what causes divorce in this day and age and divorce all down through the ages of time? The plague of sin because it gets up in people. It eats them up. It hardens their heart. It takes away their joy and their hope and their peace and their miserable hard-hearted. No love, no forgiveness, no mercy. That's why men and women can't get along. That's why church members can't get along. That's why neighbors can't get along. That's why we have so many shootings, so many stabbings, so many killings, all because of a plague called sin. We read about the man legion in the Bible. Men have tried to counsel. You can say all the good words you want to. And as long as a man or woman is eat up with sin, it's never going to make it any better. 
You may have tried to help, tried to counsel. They even chained Legion down. He just broke the fetters and go around naked in the tombs. Now we have that picture, but we can lay ourselves out emotionally naked. And if you ain't careful, you get hurt that way too. And you know what most of Legion's wounds came from? Himself. Because he was in there for sin. Himself. Now I told you when I first started, I'm about that. We're worried to death about a cure for COVID. The vaccine dynamic. It took 2,000 years to get a cure for the plague I'm preaching to you about tonight. For the, for the plague of sin, it took 2,000 years. There was no scientist that came up with it. Man's ideas, man's ways of fixing it didn't work. But you know where they found the cure? The cure was present when God said, let us make man. The cure was present when he said, let there be light, and there was light. You know what the light shed, showed? It showed the cure. The cure was present when the world was black and full of darkness. The cure has always been. But the distribution for the cure took 2,000 years. Why is that, preacher? Let me tell you exactly why. Because man had to figure out he couldn't come up with it himself. We read where the Lord gave Moses ten commandments and man could not live by them. He failed in every way, shape, and form. He took his, he took his sacrifice to the priest. And I said there was many conditions on forgiveness in the Old Testament. And if it was the best he had to offer and the priest was repentant and his heart was right and he only took his portion, we read we're half the infidious, the priest of that day would take more than what they deserve. Let me tell you what this little preacher deserves. If I got what I deserved, I'd be burning right now. I know some men won't pick up the book unless you put money in your hand. He didn't charge me anything for my salvation. So the way I figured my services are to be free. If I render, what shall I render unto the Lord? Instead of, I... Put, substitute your name. What shall I render unto the Lord for all? Now you stop and think about all. I've preached to you about all before. It's a little three-letter word, but it carries a whole lot of meaning, don't it? What shall I render unto the Lord? There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. Food on my table, shoes on my feet. Peace in my heart. <clears throat> That passes all understanding, joy, unspeakable, salvation that's eternal. 
Moms and dads, think about them little boys and girls that you've held in your arms. What a blessing they are. What shall I render unto the Lord? For all a family that loves Jesus and comes to church and worships him, his spirit you can feel, a church that loves one another and cares for each other, checks on one another, prays for one another, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? There's men that forgotten that they owe a debt. You know why they forgot? That plague called sin. I believe John the Baptist remembered, don't you? Especially when he said, I must decrease. He must increase. Friend, I'm here to tell you it's not about building a big name for yourself. And I've seen you, you have too. Evangelists, singers, I could name some of them. God blesses them, gives them a ministry, puts them in a position where they can help instead of just a few people, millions of people. And you know what gets in their way? The plague of sin. How many of them do we see? Troubles? They turn to alcohol. They turn to pills. They turn to sex. Adultery. Divorce. Lives fall to pieces. Why? Because of the plague of sin. Did you know this plague of sin is a lot like this plague we're in currently of COVID? You can catch it again. Matter of fact, you can catch it about every day, two or three times a day. It can eat you up. I had it <laughs> when I was a little eight-year-old boy lost and undone without the Lord. I was eat up with it. You know what happened to me? I made it down to a fountain and I got washed. You know what the cure for the plague of sin is? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul, the cleansing blood of the Lamb? Do you remember? I felt so clean. I felt so good. Say, I got that one sinner boy. Fear of dying and going to hell. I know that's where I was going. 
So you have to get a sinner lost before you get a sinner saved. I knew if I died, I was going to hell. You shouldn't preach that old scary stuff. How else are you going to get people saved? If you don't tell them, you're not doing your job. I was lost and on my way to hell. Felt guilty. But about the third or fourth time, I said, Jesus, please save me. The fountain was turned on. The blood washed away my sins. And I got rid of that plague. I got clean. And I told you, you can catch it again. That's not to say I haven't had a spot pop up here and there. A recurrence. I can live with it. Let me tell you what I'm bad at. You may not this I'm bad when I get a little place to pick and to pick and pick and pick, and I won't leave it alone. And you know what happens? The more I pick at it, the bigger it gets, the more sore it is, and the more pain it causes. If we do our sin that way, we know what to expect. There's really only one way to get rid of sin, and that's to go to the cure. That's to go back to the Savior and say, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way. Let me tell you something. I can't help a sinner when I meet up with sin. I cannot help them. The Spirit will not allow them to. And I've seen people try it. Have you? I've seen people with all the good intentions in the world. And they know a man, woman, or boy, or girl is a sinner. Here they'll go. they got good intentions. But if the Spirit doesn't bid you to do something. The best thing you can do is just keep your seat. They'll go, and I, I, there's a man here at this church. I could call his name that was in this very predicament. I've heard him testify about how when he was a teenager, he went to a revival, and the folks at the revival knew he was a sinner and never made a profession. Every night of the revival, and went back to it. And they pulled. And they pleaded. And they tugged. And they begged. And you know what happened to the man? He got angry. He got mad. And he finally relented and went to the altar. It wasn't that Dutch Bob's. He finally relented and went to the altar. And when they gathered around him and prayed and they got done and the preacher man said, well, how do you feel? He said, well, it was all right, but now I'm mad. And he went out, and it took him years to ever get in church for salvation. Friend, you can't help somebody, and the Spirit is not going to be with you 
if you're eat up with sin. It's just not going to happen. You can do more harm than you can do good. And I have seen, and you have too, I've seen people do wrong trying to do right. You cannot. Within, I can't do anything within myself and you can't either. We've got to have all the love that God will give us and be right in the center of His will before the Spirit can use us. I've used this analogy often. I want to say this and I'm going to hush. I break on my wife often. She is one of the best housekeepers I've ever seen. But if I invited you over, to have a meal with us. It could be the prettiest, most aromatic food you've ever laid eyes on, you've ever smelled. And you could be salivating, so ready to eat it. And then I drug out a plate that had dried food on it. Eggs, ketchup, you just imagine whatever you want to. And I whipped that food that looked so fine and so good on that dirty plate. You'd think twice, wouldn't you? You might even lose your appetite. What kind of vessel are we giving God to use? If it's plagued with sin, what good is it going to do? If it's eating it, now listen, there's more sin. They say this COVID is going to be like the flu. You know what the flu is? You might take the shot. I took the shot a few weeks ago for the flu. I don't know what strand it was for. Might have been type A flu, type B flu. But if you take the strand for type A and you're exposed to type B, guess what happens? You still get the flu. You might be the most faithful person that's ever walked through the door, Dutch Bottoms. Adultery might not have even crossed your mind. Taking up a bottle, turning it up and drinking the liquor might not have even crossed your mind. That might not be your weakness, but Satan knows what yours is. He's going to hit you right between the eyes with it. You know what that weakness is? Yes, I am. And you know what Satan did? He used the scripture on Eve to convince her she needed to sin. He knows it. Did you know that? He can quote it better than we can. Let me tell you something else about that fellow Satan. there was a reward for church attendance, he'd get it. He never misses. Not one service. He's more faithful than your pastor is. He's more faithful than your deacons or your members are. If there was a reward for attendance, Satan would get it. The preacher, I don't see nobody here in a red suit. Pull this out and take a look because you know how it gets here.
That's how it gets here. And he's not going to be pleased until you're covered with the plague of sin. He's going to work and work and work. That's what the Bible says, study to show thyself to prove. That's what the Bible says, pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible says, try the spirits. Did you know not every spirit is God's spirit? It's not about me, folks. It's not about you. It's about the Lord and what we can do for him. The plague of sin. Republican, Democrat, it really doesn't matter. I know one of them has this platform, one of them has this platform. They'll say, well, your vote counts. I vote we fall on our knees and ask the Lord to help us. Because that's what's really going to matter. Ask us like the children of Nineveh did. They repented, and God repented of the evil he was going to do to them. Unless our people repent, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and repent of their sins, then will I hear from heaven and heal their lands. God is, I know we've got a lot of people disagree with me on this. God is no respecter of person. If Israel repents, he'll bless them. If Egypt repents, he'll bless them. If the good old USA repents, he'll bless us. Sin is eating us alive. Things are not going to get better until we get to the remedy, until we get to the cure, until we get to the Savior. That's the only way that we're going to be able to solve our problem. Aren't you about tired of this old plague? People say they're tired of, of COVID. Sin's done a lot more damage than COVID will ever think about. Because it's affected. And I look around. Larry Ball. Vernon Wardiff. John Parker. And I could go on. Jim Campbell, these are all men I know personally that were faithful saints of God that worked in the church that this virus has taken out. Here we are. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody, the preacher, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, God's give you a gift. There's not a single pers person that he's ever saved that he's not given a gift or a talent. Yours is probably different than mine. I don't know. But I do know this. God wants you to use it. And if you don't use it, for him that knoweth to do good, then doeth it not. To him, it is sin. Let's get over this epidemic. Let's get over this plague. Let's bring our sins to Jesus.
Let's get back down where we started. You've never been any cleaner than you were the day you got saved. You don't have to be dirty. You don't have to be cast down. You don't have to be shunned. Well, preacher, nobody knows about my sin. Everybody does. How's that? God saw you when you did it. When you don't want to come to church, that's a fire indicator of sin. When you get to church and the church rejoices and you have nothing to say and nothing to do, that's a fire indicator of sin. Now listen, your way of worship might be different from mine. You may worship him with a vacuum cleaner. You may worship him mowing the grass at the church or working at the church. But whatever you do, you need to do it for the Lord and worship Him because He's been too good to you. The plague of sin. If we don't do something, mother, our sinners will never be saved. Our children will die and go to hell. Our churches will lose their spirit and their power. Our folks will be wandering around lost and complaining. We'll be struck with this plague. It's time that we get to the cure, don't you think?